Welcome to the Grow Well podcast. This is episode number 41, and today we are talking about toxic plants and how to get your kids involved in houseplant care. My name is Dusty Heggie, and I'm your host, and I can't help but see the incredible parallels between plant growth and human growth, and I know that is by God's design. So here on Grow Well podcast, we talk about both, and today is a great example of talking about both. I'm going to dive into toxic plants, but first I want to give you a disclaimer and say always contact poison control if you ever eat a houseplant or probably more likely your kids or your pet eats a houseplant. And do not eat your houseplants. Just a word to the wise, they don't taste good. If houseplants were edible, then they would be sold as food, not houseplants. Don't eat your houseplants. So today we're going to cover some a list of toxic plants and a couple that are especially toxic that I stay away from. But just as a general rule of thumb, keep in mind, like I said a second ago, most houseplants are toxic. Um, and so a toxic plant is when a plant has a part or pieces or something in that plant um, is going to cause harm if ingested or if it comes in contact with your skin. Some plants are more toxic than others, and some plants contain pieces of the plant that are toxic while other pieces of the plant are not toxic. A great, really common example of that is an apple. We all know an apple is not toxic. We eat apples all the time. But if you eat the seeds of an apple, they are mildly toxic, and you're going to get a stomach ache if you ate apple seeds. That's a really, really great example. And so... I think that it's just important to know that if you do come in contact with a plant that is toxic, get whatever that plant is off your skin, wash it with soap right away, and contact poison control. Um, and I have a, some links, some really helpful resources in the show notes today um, with good, very extensive lists of toxic plants versus non-toxic plants. Also, some plants are toxic for kids or for children um, or adults and then for people for human beings whereas some are only toxic to dogs or cats or both or sometimes horses I'm not ever quite sure why horses are listed in the toxic houseplant lists I mean last I checked people don't bring their horses in their homes but to each their own I suppose there are some plants that stand out to me more as plants that are very common house plants that people don't recognize to be quite as potently toxic, that was a weird way to phrase that, you get what I'm saying, um, and that I think that are really worth mentioning here. The first one is a differenca, differ, diff, let's take a deep breath and say that again, guys, Diffenbachia, I did it, Diffenbachia, <laughs> oh my Atlanta, we're just going to keep all that in there, you're welcome for that audio treat. Diffenbachia are, the common name for that plant is called a dumb cane. And the reason for that is because if you were to eat a lot of dumb cane, then your mouth will get swollen and you'll temporarily lose your ability to speak. That's not a joke. That's real life. That will happen. Please don't try this at home. That would be horrible. You would need to go to the doctors. <laughs> um, but those are plants that are really, really common. And they're really big and beautiful. And they're fairly easy houseplants. And they're usually really cheap. So most houseplant collectors have a dumb cane in their collection. But just keep in mind that they are pretty toxic. I think you would have to eat quite a bit in order for those effects to take place. But maybe let's not risk it. So if you have little kids or if you have cats or dogs that might eat those, either keep them up high on a shelf, hang them from the ceiling, or just don't keep them in your home until you can tell your kids, hey, don't eat houseplants. Your mouth will get swollen and you won't be able to speak. I 
can see some inherent value in my kids not being able to speak temporarily. However, I'm not a cruel mom, and I know you aren't either. Another really common houseplant that is very severely toxic are string of pearls. And these ones make me worried for more reasons than just their toxicity. String of pearls, in case you don't know, are really beautiful succulent and they have pearl-like, hence the name, little beads that run down and they trail down and they Um, are really quite stunning. But these little pearls really almost look identical to a pea. So I never keep, even though I really badly want one, I don't keep a string of pearls in my home because I have a two-year-old and a three-year-old. My three-year-old is well old enough to know to not eat plants. My two-year-old, that's another story. And so if she saw one of these little strings of pearl, one of these little beads from this plant on the ground, she would pop it in her mouth without even thinking because it looks like a pea. It looks safe to eat, but it is super not safe to eat. Um, The reactions from that are typically really severe stomach pains. Um, They have some juices inside, that's the technical term, inside the plant that can cause rash. The same is true of Differenbachia. Dumb cane. Same is true of dumb cane. I do that every time. Anyways, those are two plants that are pretty toxic that I try and keep out of um, my house because my kids are really little. Um, some other really, some other toxic genus like genera, um, so like a whole grouping of plants. So if you look at a botanical name, for example, uh, Ficus elastica is the botanical name for a rubber tree. So Ficus is the genus and elastica is the species. Doesn't that kind of sound like a superhero name, like straight from The Incredibles? I digress. But ficus is a great example of a toxic genus. So most plants within the ficus genus, I think all actually, um, but again, I'm not an expert in toxic plants. So please call poison control if you're not sure. But ficus, um, epimerium, like a pothos, like a pothos is toxic. Alocasia, monstera, philodendron, sansevieria. So sansevieria are snake plants. Philodendron are the majority of houseplants typically fall under ficus or philodendron. Um, but because houseplants are becoming a really, really trendy and really popular, there's all kinds of genus of houseplants, which is really exciting. But just keep in mind that most houseplants are going to be toxic. Maybe not quite as severe as temporarily lose your speech, but they're going to give you a stomachache. Like they're not meant to be eaten. So don't eat them and then we're good to go. Um, And then so I'm going to cover some in case you do have little ones like in my situation I have a two-year-old who's who's much better about it now but in the past just a few months ago this was a struggle. Some really safe non-toxic plants. um, Pilea so like a Pilea peperomioides which actually in episode two episodes back in episode 39 we have a whole episode about Pilea peperomioides and that common name for that plant is a Chinese money plant and they are safe for kiddos and for pets you just eat up don't actually do that please but if you do have a, a rogue toddler you'd be set another really common um, houseplant is our peperomia it's another genus that contains a ton of other species underneath it and they're all um, from my understanding non-toxic and safe to have around pets and children and so again don't eat your houseplants I hope you take that away after listening to this episode if that's all you remember don't eat your houseplants. Um, but some other safe plants are spider plants, African violets, wandering Jew, also called an inch plant, um, Boston ferns, and jade, which is a succulent, 
are all really safe bets. And if you want a full list, or at least a more full list, like oh, they have a lot more on with some images as well, which is, can be really helpful, you can head to poison.org slash articles slash plant. And I have a direct link to this and a few other really helpful resources in determining the toxicity of a houseplant and what you should do if something's to happen. And usually what you should do is call poison control. And I keep a variety of toxic houseplants in my home because, like I said, most plants are toxic. And I have a two-year-old and a three-year-old. And so, yeah, in the past, my two-year-old has eaten a leaf or two. I'm going to be honest with you. And guys, she is just fine. She's going to be okay. She'll be fine. So the thing that I do and the way that I handle this situation is teach very strict um, houseplant care, like safety rules around plants. And that's true for indoor plants and for outdoor plants. For kids, it can be pretty confusing because they might see us pick a few blackberries off of a blackberry bush as we're walking on a trail and just assume all plants are safe to eat. Like, that's a fair assumption. They don't have the ability to distinguish that yet, especially in little ones, like in like in my case with my little babies. Well, they're toddlers, but you you get it. And so what, when they're that little, my rule of thumb is typically no plants. Like I, I have a very strict don't play with the plants unless I ask you to like help me or unless they ask me first. Um, and that just kind of, because they're not able to distinguish between safe plants and unsafe plants at such a young age, the rule is don't play with the plants unless mom says you can or unless dad says you can. And so I think that's really important to have strict rules around plants. Granted, I mean, they're toddlers. They're going to break those rules. It just takes practice to enforce those rules. So it is kind of frustrating. And if you do have little ones and you're just tired of enforcing those rules, you can hang your plants from the ceiling. You can put them on a bookshelf and just keep them out of reach for a while until they're old enough and then bring them back down to a lower level where you would prefer to have them. In the case of cats and pets, which is a question I get a lot – my biggest suggestion is to just keep it up out of reach so that the cats or the dogs can't get at it is really kind of the best workaround because it's harder to discipline and teach a cat or a dog to not get in there, particularly cats. I'm pretty convinced that my youngest, my two-year-old, is part cat based on the way that she moves and behaves and tries to fit into the teeniest, tiniest of spaces and eats my plants, but it's fine. We have a cat daughter. It'll be all right. Regardless, I've also heard of people putting things in the base of the pot to try and deter their pet from like digging into it or getting at it. Um, I don't know. I don't have pets in my home and so I can't really speak to how successful or how well that works. However, I can tell you that if you're worried about your pet eating them, getting a pilea, something in that genus or something in the peperomia genus are safe for pets to be around. Okay, so we've covered some toxic plants and some safe plants. Some of those safe plants, again, are spider plants, African violets, pilea, peperomia. You've got quite a big range of plants that are non-toxic to allow your kids to be a part of your houseplant care routine and to involve them in that. Like if there is going to be some beautiful depth and richness for you as you get involved with houseplants, the same is true for your kids. And there are some really fun ways that you can involve your kids at whatever age into that houseplant care routine. So 
I'm going to be speaking a lot from my own experience and from me with my little kids, my two-year-old and my three-year-old, but these can be applied to much larger age ranges um, and I think will be just as fun for everybody involved. So one of the best ways to involve them is simply by watering, like teaching them how to water a houseplant properly. If you are not sure how to water your houseplants, you can head back to episodes five and six. There are much earlier episodes in the podcast and I think I was still going by um, the name Get Planty, which is now the name of my houseplant course that is still open to enroll only a few days left before those doors closed. However, I was going by a different podcast name then than I am now, but those two episodes are really, really um, comprehensive as far as how to water your houseplants. And so one of the things that I teach is that you should never just water your houseplants without feeling the soil first. And so that's a great way to involve your kids. Actually, I just got my daughter, Iris, she's three, a um, houseplant. I let her pick it out and she, of course, picked out a pink nerve plant because she's obsessed with pink. And together, she we named it. She named it Ira, which is adorable. As we were driving home, she had Ira in the cup holder in her little car seat and we were talking about plant care and she was asking me questions and she said, oh, when we get home, I'll water it right away. And I said, well, maybe we should feel the soil to see if it needs water. And she goes, it doesn't have any water on the plant. And I was like, right, so feel the soil. So she stuck her little finger in the soil and she goes, oh, it feels really wet. And I asked her, do you think it still needs water? And she goes, nope, it's good. And it even through that little thing, it helps her get the opportunity to feel the soil. I think a really great question instead of asking how wet the soil is, is just asking how does the soil feel? Because that gives your kids an opportunity to give more words than just saying that it's wet. It helps them use those skills of observation to say other ways that that soil might feel, which are activities I've done with my own girls in the past. Even as little as they are, that's still something that's a lot of fun for them. I mean, who doesn't want to stick their fingers in the soil, right? That's a good time. Some other really great ways to involve your kids in houseplant care is something as simple as letting them name your houseplants. That's really fun. It helps get them around um, your plants a little bit more. Plus, it's fun to hear their names. Like, come on, Ira, that's adorable. Another really mess-free way to help them get involved with houseplant care is to allow them to clean the leaves. So cleaning the leaves is very important to get rid of dust and debris. And I have several episodes talking about the incredible importance of this one little houseplant care routine. And my kids are both two and three, and they both do this, and they love it. When you do let your kids clean the leaves, teach them how to support the leaf from behind and from the front so that the leaves don't get torn, and make sure that they're going slowly and being gentle with the plant. And use that as a time to ask them a lot of questions. Ask them what they notice about the plant or what leaf they like the best. Ask them how the plant smells. Ask them how the plant feels. Ask them if they notice any cool patterns in the leaves. Um, it's a really great way to sort of get them to pay attention and to help them be really involved and to help them be really intentional and build some really beautiful self-discipline. Another way to involve them is by allowing them to hope in repotting. It will be messier. It's going to take longer, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I really like to do this with the, my girls and I let them put the dirt into the pot. I let them break up the roots. And as we're doing this, I ask them questions and I ask them how the roots look and how they feel. I asked, actually, I asked Iris how the roots of this plant looked and she told me they look like noodles. They do look a little bit like noodles. You got to give Iris credit for that. I asked Iris how um, the dirt smells and she said, dirty. Also true. 
I ask them why they like plant houseplants or what we should name it. And it's also a really great opportunity to remind them that houseplants and plants in general are an incredible gift from God and that God created nature as a way to bless us and spoil us and remind us of his beautiful intentionality and his majesty and incredible love for us. And so I use this to open a dialogue about some of the benefits of plants on our world and specifically for them, like how does it benefit them? Asking them questions like, why do you like plants? Or do you like plants? Or Things like that. It just gets their mind thinking and it helps them have a little bit more responsibility in that plant care process. And when we speak to our kids with respect and when we and we challenge them to think a little deeper and we just don't give our kids quite enough credit for how much that they really understand and how much they really crave to understand. And so I think plant care is a really wonderful way to help develop some skills of discipline, help develop some skills of self-control and intentionality. And plus, it's just a whole lot of fun to get your hands dirty and care for God's creation. It's really a beautiful gift. On that note, Get Planty Course is open only for a few more days. And so if you want to enroll in the course, you can head to getplantycourse.com to enroll right now. And I have recently released a payment plan option. So it breaks up that one payment into three much smaller payments. Get Plenty Course is a five-week comprehensive houseplant course for beginners who are ready to dive deep into the world of houseplants and to ignite a lifelong love and passion for plants. Within this course, I talk about basic botany and plant Latin. We talk about how to water, how to repot, and I give you so many visual examples on how exactly to do that well. By the end of this course, I am so confident that you too will feel very confident in houseplant care and that you can share this love of plants with your kids, that you can teach your kids so, so much, and that you are going to have so much fun in this course. And this is more than just a houseplant course. This course is five weeks of plant growth and personal growth all in God's grace. So each week you're going to get two new modules and we'll talk about two foundational aspects of plant growth and plant care so that you can learn how to better facilitate good growth. And then each week we're also through some of the bonuses like the Get Planty Student Community. I will be checking in weekly with a live video to be able to answer any plant questions you might have up to this point and to just check in with you one-on-one and see What is God teaching you as you learn more about his nature? What is God teaching you about yourself, about himself, about plants? It's going to be a really incredible community of plant people. And I am so excited and honored to be able to facilitate the kind of growth that is going to happen within this five-week course. Once you enroll, even though the course is five weeks, everything is is set on a drip schedule, so you get two modules each week, but you get lifetime access to all of this. So you enroll right now as I reveal new bonuses, as I update course content, you will forever have be grandfathered in, you will forever have access to Get Plenty Course. So if this sounds like your cup of tea, you can head to getplentycourse.com to enroll Enrollment closes on October 10th, 
and it will not reopen again until winter. I am hoping to open it again around December or January, but those dates are tentative and I don't want to give you a date and then have to change it in the future. So I'm hoping to reopen it again in January. So if you're listening to this episode after October 10th, you can still head to getpointy.com to get on the wait list for when I reopen it. All right, that is what I have for you today. I would really love this week to be able to see some of the ways you involve your kids in houseplant care routine. Maybe you and your kiddos do something that I didn't even mention on this list. Oh, I forgot to say another fun way to involve your kids in houseplant care is allow them to get their own plant name it, and then get a a terracotta pot that they can decorate themselves. I can't believe I didn't say that earlier, but I even have it right here on my little notes right in front of me, but there you go, off the cuff for you. Let them decorate that pot. Let them paint it, glue little beads onto it, um, and then allow them to, to care for it and help remind them and teach them how to care for it well. Anyways, I would really love to see your ideas and to see the way you involve your kids. So please tag me at Grow Well Podcast on Instagram. That's just Grow Well Podcast. No fancy characters or extra letters. Grow Well Podcast on Instagram. And if you're not already following me there, I would really, really love to be able to see you in the Grow Well Podcast community. Additionally, if you haven't already clicked subscribe in your podcast player, please, please, please do that now. Thank you so much for being here. I hope to see you in Get Planty Course, and I hope you have an incredible week of growing well. Well,